The pandemic has changed so much about what we can expect from healthcare. Now more than ever, we must make the future affordable, accessible, and equitable. I'm Jody Lesh. In a new podcast from Kaiser Permanente, we interview the thought leaders and care providers who are helping shape the future of not just healthcare, but fields like digital therapeutics and AI. We have a lot to learn from one another. Listen to Ahead in Health wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, this is Martin Shields, and it's great to be here with you. And as always, folks, um, sitting in for my colleague, Stephen Boucher, who's taking a well-deserved break. Steve, is, as I've said before, he's been doing the show for 22 years. And, uh, you know, it's, he's always doing it. It's been on Sunday nights for a long time and then Saturdays. And since COVID, he's been doing it since mid to late February. And now we do two shows. We do the noon show here uh, now, and then we do an eight o'clock show uh, as well on Sunday mornings. And he's been doing both those shows. So it's just been a long stretch for him. So it's great to give him a break to hopefully get out and enjoy this gorgeous day that we have here. And it's great to be here with uh, our listeners. Uh, welcome back all of our weekly listeners and to any new listeners. It's great to have you here. And as always, I encourage you to call in with any questions you may have. You can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5939. So call in with your questions. Uh, certainly, you know, in this time of COVID and then uh, certainly with the protests around the country, uh, there could be a lot of questions you may have as far as how does all this impact uh, your investments? What should you be doing from a financial planning perspective? So again, I encourage you to call in with any questions. As we always say, there's no silly or dumb question except for the one that you don't ask. And you may be doing your fellow listener a favor by asking that question that they have as well. So call in. You can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. So please call in and uh, it would be great to chat with you. So a lot to discuss, uh, a lot of big headlines out there. And uh, I tell you, the market's going in one direction, and that's up, and that's fantastic. Uh, as you know, um, you know, as an investment firm, we're long-term investors. We invest in asset classes we think are going to do well for our clients. But in general, we're a big long-term investors in equities, in stocks. So to see the market go up uh, is great news, and it just shows you the importance of being a long-term investor and sticking with your strategy and, and not varying from that. And uh, we'll discuss, you know, what our outlook is with the market and things you need to be aware of as uh, this kind of situation continues and we continue to receive more economic data, like particularly like we did on Friday where uh, yesterday where the jobs numbers were quite good, actually unemployment rate decreasing and 2.5 million jobs being produced. Um, that's, that's great news for, for everybody. And certainly the market liked that news and really rallied yesterday. But this whole week has been uh, just a great week for the market. So love to discuss with you what your thoughts are and concerns and what you need to be aware of for your own uh, portfolio. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about is, you know, with our firm, we've done a great job transitioning from all of us working in the office. We have an office in Troy and one in Saratoga Springs. And we have 11 uh, colleagues in total. And as Steve probably talks about, I mean, we are so fortunate for the team we have. I, I feel very fortunate. We, they're, they're team members, they're friends, and they're colleagues of, of mine and, and ours. And they're just fabulous folks. 
um, and they're, they're great to be in person with. I, I miss that, but we've transitioned to many of us working remotely. I, I've come into the Saratoga office through all this, uh, and Steve's coming into the Troy office, and we have a few other uh, folks coming back. But for the most part, a lot of our team is working remotely, and I will say they've done a great job. And part of that is because uh, Steve invested a lot in technology. We're big believers in using technology and utilizing that for our uh, clients and, and for us to be more productive. But one of the other things that we've done uh, as a firm is, and Steve may have talked about this a little bit, is we've actually started to do some meditation. We have an instructor, uh, a gentleman by the name of David Kay, who I actually know from uh, my daughter's soccer team. He did some meditation for their, their traveled soccer team. And so every Thursday and Friday, uh, he's been doing meditation with us via Zoom. And... Um, you know, it's it's definitely one of those things where you first got to get out of your comfort zone a little bit, right? You got to be willing to uh, maybe do things that you might not normally do. You know, think about your breathing and and focus uh, and be quiet and still. And that's difficult for anybody to do. I know myself. That's I'm a person of action. And that's not easy to do. But I will tell you, I cannot say enough good things. First of all, about David Kay, he just did a great job. Uh, he does a great job with our team. He's just an amazing uh, meditation instructor. But also what uh, that has done for me and I think for many of my colleagues, and really from my perspective, what it does is, one, uh, in this time of stress and uh, unusual circumstances, it gives you a, a centering, a, a, an element of peace uh, in your mind. Two, uh, it gives you the ability to focus, right? I think we become so distracted in our lives that we are not good at focusing. Uh, that's We've got all these different devices that distract us, and we think we're good at multitasking, but the fact is we're really not. And this, through meditation, at least has helped me focus on my work and focus on the task at hand. And And then the other element, I think, is helping me at least be more aware of my emotions, right? And, and that sounds very touchy-feely, uh, but, you know, the fact of the matter is it, it's as you get older, you realize that, you know, there is the IQ, uh, intelligent qu uh, quotient, uh, but there's also the EQ, right? What's your emotional intelligence? And I think it's very easy, certainly as investors, to get caught up in the emotions and psychology of finances and investing, but just as individuals, we let sometimes let our, our emotions drive our actions when, in fact, we should, you know, certainly understand what our emotions are. They're, they're part of being human and being aware of what they are. And it doesn't mean that emotions are bad, but I think what we want to try to do is not let our emotions drive our actions, which usually when you do that, uh, you do things that you maybe look back on, you regret. You, you communicate in a way that's not appropriate or uh, can be, um, from my perspective, I, I tend to be, I can be harsh or uh, a hammer when I'm emotional uh, or I'm hungry or tired, uh, those as well. So, you know, I think, again, for us, this has been kind of stepping out of our comfort zone and doing the meditation. And I've been trying to do it uh, on a daily basis, too. And it's been great. It's been really something that's been adding a lot of value to our team. And, uh, you know, it's great that Steve is really kind of allowing us a team to kind of uh, try some different things. And as I mentioned from the technology perspective, it's just been fantastic. We've been able to communicate a lot with our clients, do a lot of go-to-meetings with our clients, webinars, a lot of different uh, just calling and everything, email communication. And we can't wait to get back to see our clients in person. I mean, there, there's nothing beats 
meeting a client in person. But you know, we're not at that time right now. And so we got to work with what we have. And, and so uh, fortunate for us and as a firm and our clients, we've been able to do a lot of communication to make sure our, our clients feel very comfortable uh, in this environment that we are in. So again, a lot to talk about, uh, certainly from a market perspective. You got the NASDAQ just inches, just centimeters from all-time highs. Uh, and as you know, if you listen to the show, we are big believers not in only in technology in our business, but big believers in technology as an investment. And uh, QQQ has uh, got large allocations. That's the NASDAQ uh, top 100 index, and that's got large allocations to technology and biotech and has done so well because, again, really technology is helping a lot of folks get through this uh, COVID-19. And even the S&P 500 is close to where it started the year, which really is pretty amazing, uh, given the fact that uh, you know we're have still have unemployment at 13%. So we'll talk about what's driving that and what you need to be aware of from an investor. But I'm an economist by training, and uh, you know have a deep background in finance, and it is amazing uh, from a macro perspective that we can have uh, such high unemployment, uh, GDP dropping by as much as it has, and and our the S&P 500 is getting close to uh, break even for the year. And again, there's a number of different factors uh, behind that uh, that we'll discuss. Um, and then also want to discuss some financial planning topics that you can utilize because as we say all the time, the investment management is important, but financial planning is so important. It's so crucial for our clients in the especially at times like this where there's volatility having that financial plan in place, discussing with them any financial planning topic they have, as we say, we're our client's personal CFO, is so important. So we'll discuss some financial planning topics that we can, you can implement in your own personal situation. But we're going to go to commercial break, but come back and join me as we continue the discussion. Again, you'll listen to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGY, 810 AM, 103.1 FM. Welcome back, folks. For those of you who are just joining us, my name is Martin Shields. I'm a certified financial planner and wealth manager at Boucher Financial Group. And it's great to be here with you on this gorgeous day. Uh, hopefully you're maybe out in the car driving around or you're in the back patio listening to the radio or you could be on your iPhone through an iHeartRadio app listening to this. Uh, you could be here. You could be in Binghamton, New York. You could be in Florida or across the country. Uh, that's the great thing about the iHeartRadio app, that you can listen to us anywhere you are. And we have clients around the world, and uh, many of them listen to us on a weekly basis. So it's great to have all of our weekly listeners back and any new listeners. It's great to have you. I encourage you to call in with any financial planning or investment management questions that you have. You can reach me at one 800 talk WGY. That's 800-825-5949. So I encourage you to call in with those questions. And as I mentioned before the break, we have a lot to discuss. A lot of headlines out there. I mean, you know, a lot of different things. Uh, you got issues going on with China and Hong Kong. Um, but the, the two main headlines certainly are the protests with uh, George Floyd and, um, you know, all that's going on. We have uh, marches and, and protests uh, here in Saratoga, and, and that's going to be um, this Sunday, as well as in Troy. 
And we have, they're going around uh, the country, a really big one going on uh, in D.C. And, um, you know, in general, you know, these, you can see these protests from the market perspective don't really impact it one way or the other. I do think that they're definitely going to impact um, certainly corporations and how they uh, consider uh, acting um, as far as being uh, diversification and, and communication. And I think it's going to impact society in, in general. You know, I think the big thing with, with this is, you know, just, hey, from my perspective, it's about uh, listening to one another, just making sure that we're listening, uh, active listeners, and it's about communicating with one another with respect. Uh, you know, these are basic things that we learned in kindergarten, and we just need to make sure we practice. Uh, it's about taking ownership for your actions and, um, you know, treating others like you want to be treated. It's pretty straightforward stuff. And, you know, I have three teenagers, my wife and I, and, you know, we talk about this stuff any given day, right? This is what it means to be a, a good citizen of your community and a good family member, good member of your uh, work team, a good uh, member of the uh, citizen of the U.S., right? These are basic items. So, you know, hopefully from these protests, if there's anything we learn, it's just these items. Let's practice these uh, during our daily life. doesn't matter who you are, what's your view of any of this. Uh, these are things that we can all uh, incorporate in our life and, and act out day to day. Uh, the only thing with all the protesters, just please be safe out there, uh, be peaceful and uh, you know, certainly with COVID-19, please be safe out there and uh, keep your physical distancing as you're out protesting and uh, just uh, be safe. And, you know, um, I, again, I think from a, from a headline perspective with the markets, um, you know, who knows how this all kind of plays out. But in, you can see the markets are forward looking. This is absolutely what we have going on with the, the financial markets. Uh, you know, you can have lots of bad current economic data, but they're looking forward. I think without a doubt, they're pricing in a V or a U-shaped recovery. And all that means is you had a sharp decline in economic activity, right? It's a dramatic drop, like something we've never seen since maybe World War II or World War I. And now the market's pricing in a sharp recovery uh, in that economic re re uh, activity. And that would mean a sharp recovery in corporate profits, right? So when we see corporate profits for the second quarter, they're not going to look good. They are definitely not going to be pretty across most companies with a few exceptions. And I think right now the market's looking way past that. They're looking six to nine months out and saying that this economy is going to get back on solid footing. I think the other thing is they think that it's going to um, – the COVID-19 is going to have uh, not a strong second wave, certainly, and uh, that, that some of the stimulus money and the Federal Reserve really uh, stimulating and providing a lot of support in the debt markets and just it, with low interest rates are going to continue. So, you know, there, there's a saying in our business, was, which is don't fight the Fed. And all that means is when the Federal Reserve really wants to stimulate the economy and the markets and push up asset prices, they can do it. They, they can absolutely do it. And I think, you know, certainly we're in a new investment paradigm as far as equities. That's, that's my at least initial take on it. And it's interesting because I thought when this whole COVID-19 um, virus started, I thought we were in a new investment paradigm to the extent that if somebody got an unusual flu over in China or some foreign country, uh, investors were going to be dumping securities. That, that, that might be the new paradigm. But 
I think in general now what the new paradigm is, the Fed is going to step in big time. And they've said this. Uh, Jerome Powell has said this, that they will they, – it's called QE infinity, right? So what does that mean? Quantitative, quantitative easing. And infinity means he could, they'll put as much money as they need, all the way out to as many zeros on the end of it as you need to make sure that uh, the economy is strong. So relative, what does that mean for investors? It means that some of the tail risk, right, some of the risks that were very un- unlikely to happen but could happen, like in the financial crisis where the market was down 52%, I think in some respects that gets limited, right? I mean, we saw the market was down 35% for eh, about two days, just shy of 35% with the S&P 500. And then it came back pretty strongly. And I think, you know, at least if that playbook holds as we move forward, right? And that's the big if. But if that playbook holds as we move forward, then I I think absolutely, uh, you know, as as an equity investor, you know, having the market go down more than 35% would probably be pretty unlikely, I, almost under any given circumstances. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. If uh, I don't think the Fed's going to step up like that and under any economic situation, but I do think they're going to step up like that when things are really tremendously bad. So, uh, you know, I think, again, as equity investors, we're kind of a new paradigm that we need to be aware of. So we'll continue our discussion, but again, if you have any questions, feel free to give me a call. It could be investment-related or financial planning-related. Anything finance-related, call in. I'll try to give you my expert advice and uh, based on my years of experience and give you some insight. So you can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. So let's look at the market as we move forward here, and let's give it some thoughts as to what you should be aware of. So as an investor, uh, the most important thing is do not try to time these markets. Uh, They certainly seem very expensive right now uh, by what's called a price-to-earnings ratio. Um, But, you know, I will also uh, caution you from, you know, trying to time it and get fancy with it and, you know, thinking that uh, this is the absolute time to be selling equities and uh, become more conservative because these markets can absolutely keep rallying if the economic data continues to be good. And, you know, you have all that stimulus money that's out there. You also have people, the savings rate for uh, April was 33%. 33%. That's what people were saving of their income. So you have a lot of pent-up demand that if uh, there's not a real second wave with the COVID-19 and uh, if the economy continues to improve, you can really see economy take off in a tremendous way with the, the stimulus money that was put out with the federal government, with cheap money that's being put out there by the Fed with pretty much close to 0% on interest rates. I mean, look how low uh, mortgage rates are. They're pretty much near historically low levels. This You could really see this economy and market continue to move higher. So I caution you from trying to time the markets because it can make you look foolish. But with that said, uh, this is not a bad time to evaluate your risk tolerance, right? How, how did you fare when the, the market volatility hit? Were you, were you okay with it or did you start panicking and thinking that you should sell and, and change your risk when the market was down and become more conservative? So, you know, this is the time to make those decisions as to, okay, how much risk do I want? What do I feel comfortable with? And do I need to make any changes? And, and really, when I say that, this is a time to become more conservative if, if, you think your risk tolerance has changed, right? That, that really is what it comes down to is if you think your risk tolerance changed, either maybe you're 
going to be uh, approaching retirement, so you want to make that adjustment. Maybe you found that you can't stomach the amount of risk you have in your portfolio during uh, the market decline of, of March. And this is the time as we get back to um, all-time highs, or certainly where we started the year, to make those adjustments now. This is also the time that if you need cash for an expenditure in the next one to two years, this is a great time to potentially uh, sell some assets that have done well to free up that cash, right? This is what you want to be doing now. This is a good time to really, this is come from a financial planning perspective, doing some evaluation uh, as to changes that could be made to uh, better protect it if there is more volatility, right? You want to be in a position to be able to, to stomach that. You know, I think the other thing you have to be aware of is your own career perspective and your job. I mean, I, I think in general, you're seeing the strength in the labor markets after uh, 2.5 million jobs being added. But let's face it, there, you know, depending on your, your company, depending on your sector, there can be a decent amount of uncertainty in your position. So I think it's making sure that you understand what those risks are with your company, with your, with your position, with your, uh, with your industry. Understand where, where that is. I, I'm always a big believer that in this economy, we're all free agents, right? And all that means is you've got to be making sure that you do the right thing, first and most for your company and for your team, but that you got to be looking out for yourself. And all that means is, you know, networking, uh, making sure you, you know uh, other people in your space that you can always contact to get guidance from. But if you have to, to be able to look for another opportunity, uh, you have to be making sure your skill set is strong. you got to have the right skill sets. That If you had to go out and look for another job, you can do that. And, again, I'm a big believer they just got to do the right thing in your job, right? That just makes you a better uh, employee, and it makes you in a better spot than if you had to go look for a job that you could actually find one. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer. I tell my kids this all, all the time, which is take on that opportunity that nobody else wants to do in your company, right? If you take on that opportunity, then that's when you learn things that other people don't want to learn because maybe they're hard, right? That's, maybe it's a hard job. Um, and if you learn how to do that, one, your employer is going to really appreciate you. Uh, they're not going to want to let you go because you're taking the jobs that nobody else wants. But two, again, I'm telling you from a skill set perspective, you're going to learn skill sets that are going to make you a valuable person uh, to any team. And, and we always talk about this when we're talking to clients, if they're looking at different opportunities is, you know, it's not about finding a job. It's about showing a, a company, uh, an employer, the value you're going to add to their organization if you're hired, right? That's uh, when we hire people. That's what we're looking for is, is people that really can add to the value of our organization. And we're not being selfish with it, right? We're just, that's, that's what we want. And if they do that, we're going to make sure we take care of them. So it's, it's a, it's a win-win is what I would say. That's, and that's the way you want to be looking at it, uh, from an employment perspective, both now and going forward. Well, folks, we're going to go back to commercial break, but please continue listening as we take your questions. Uh, it's great to be here with all of our listeners. You're listening to News Radio WGY 103.1 FM, 810 AM. Please come back and join us after this commercial break, and I'll take your questions and give you guidance. Thank you.
Fox News, I'm Karen McHugh. President Trump all smiles over the latest jobs numbers. Two and a half million jobs added in May, while the unemployment rate dropped to 13.3 percent. Proof, he says, that the economy is bouncing back. President Trump is calling it the start of the great American comeback. This jobs report catching a lot of analysts by surprise, with some fearing that the unemployment rate could have jumped up to 20 percent last month. Those numbers a whole lot different. President Trump talked about it as he uh, signed the Paycheck Protection Program Flexibility Act. Businesses will now have uh, more time to spend. It's been more than a year since the pandemic turned healthcare upside down. I'm Jody Lesh. Join me for Ahead in Health, where we explore the questions that matter most about the future of healthcare. Listen to Ahead in Health wherever you get your podcasts. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The funds that they've been getting, and it lowers the requirements to dictate how much money has to go to payroll. This, as the president says, an economic recovery is already well underway. Fox's Mark Meredith. Two Buffalo, New York cops charged with assault plead not guilty in court Saturday morning. They were caught on video shoving an elderly protester to the ground during a George Floyd demonstration this week. America is listening to Fox News. My name is Martin Shields. I'm a certified financial planner and wealth manager at Boucher Financial Group. And I'm sitting in for my colleague, Stephen Boucher, who's taking a well-deserved break. Uh, hopefully he's out enjoying this nice day. I'm looking out the window here and I'm telling you, it doesn't get any better. You got nice warm day, uh, a little bit of a cooling breeze. And um, this is what we live for, folks, right here. This is, this The next few months is what we live for. And you know, with COVID-19, it really, it has shaken everything up. It, it, it continues to do that. But I will tell you, uh, I, I live in Greenfield Center, and I work out of our Saratoga office. And I've been coming in uh, as long as well as my colleague Steve. He's been going to the Troy office. I've been coming to the Saratoga office. Everybody else has been working remotely. And there were days in March when I would look out our window here in Saratoga, and it looked like it was an apocalyptic scene. I mean, it was raining, no one on the streets, uh, just completely dead. And, uh, you know, those are days you're like, oh, this is tough. And now it, phase two, uh, you know, with the restaurants starting to open up with outdoor seating. And in Saratoga, at least, it's starting, just starting to really feel like summer, uh, start to feel like normal. And, you know, it's still not normal. We've got to really make sure that we limit the spread of, of COVID-19 and do all the right things uh, and be smart with it. But it is starting to feel a little bit like normal. Uh, we'll see what happens with uh, track. You know, for right now, it's on schedule to be run up here, but no fans, which is just hard to fathom. It is, I've moved up here eight years ago and, uh, you know, track is such a big part of the capital region and certainly Saratoga to, to think about having races with no fans is, it's hard to fathom, and it's just going to be such a hard impact on so many businesses. And um, But we'll have to see how it goes. Maybe if things continue to improve, we could have fans, and that would be fantastic. I think that would be just awesome. But really, you know, they got it's this tough uh, pendulum or a weighing between businesses and having them open and, you know, 
get some cash flow coming in, so important, and also weighing the health of uh, our citizens. It's, just a, it's a tough call. So that's why I think it's important that you look at New York State numbers for COVID. They are really, they've gone down. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. Um, we're going to go to callers. We've got Jean on the line. Jean, are you there? Yes, I am. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you, Gardy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Do you have a question for me? Okay, I have a question. I have a 20-year-old nephew who got his first in- internship and has made enough money that he wants to make an investment in the market. Now, what awesome. would you suggest he do with the money he's trying to invest? That's fantastic. Tell him, well, one, I'm, you should be very proud of him. That's fantastic. He's got an internship and he's I saving am. money. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of him. Well, so what I would do is, you know, you can open up an account at Charles Schwab, Fidelity, Vanguard, one of those three financial custodians. And you could, there's two different accounts you can open. One would be just a taxable brokerage account, right? Just a, a taxable account where you can invest. You know, I will tell you that I think, you know, quite often it's younger folks like this. They want to be stock traders. Or they want to be buying individual equity positions, which, which is fine, right? If he wants to take some money, uh, the thing you got to really impress upon him, though, investing is about investing for the long term. So what that means is if he wants to buy individual stocks, fine, but he should be buying, you know, one or two stocks one, that's companies that he liked, really, you know, stalwart companies. I don't know, you name it, Amazon, Zoom, let, let him pick, but one or two companies and invest in them. Not, not be day trading, not be, you know, looking for them to make money right away. Investing that he thinks these are going to be companies that are going to be around for a while. The other alternative is just to play it simple and you know, depending on when he needs that money, just put it in the S&P 500. Um, you know, if he wants to make a little bit conservative, there's the, what's called the Barclay, Barclays AG. Uh, the, there's a ticker called AGG, which is an ETF that, has, that basically takes all those uh, bonds that are in there and it gives you exposure to them. But you know, it's about making sure that he is investing for the long term and not thinking about this, about making money real quickly and trading on a lot. And that's, that's what is important to ingrain upon him. The, the other option as far as an account is if this is money that he's not going to need for a while, he can open up a Roth. And the Roth is great because it grows tax-free, right? Any income that's being produced, any um, gains that are being produced, he doesn't pay taxes on it. He can always access the principal. And for things like his first home purchased, he can access uh, $10,000 worth of gains as well. So the Roth is, a, is another great option. It do, is not quite as flexible as a, as a brokerage account, but again, you don't pay any taxes on and the gains or uh, any income. But please convey upon him the importance of being a long-term investor and not looking to time the markets and start trading. Okay. He's a very cautious young man, so I don't think he'd do that. But yeah, he's thank not... you very, very much for all this information. You got it, Gene. You should be proud of him. Oh, I, I am. I was surprised to hear that. He asked his mom and dad first, do you need this money for my tuition? They said no, and he said, and I'm investing it. <laughs> wow, what a stand-up kid. That's awesome. Th- thank you. Thank all you, right. Marty. You, you got it. Bye-bye. You take care, Gene. Yep. 
Yeah, it's, it's a great question. One of the topics I had to discuss today is the importance of educating young people. Kids could be, you know, starting in elementary school all the way up through middle school and high school and college and in their 20s about the importance of being financially responsible uh, and doing the right things from uh, a financial perspective very early, right? And it's simple. It really is simple. I mean, as adults, we tend to complicate things, but it's about not spending all your money. It's about spending it on things that you really need versus want and understanding those differences. It's about living within your income, limiting any debt that you have, certainly credit card debt, limiting uh, student debt, right? Student debt is not horrible debt, but you really want to be looking at your college education from a business decision and not, boy, would I love, just love to go to that college because it's got a big name. And, uh, you know, we see this all the time with, with people and kids having huge amounts of debt. And it, it is just, it's tough to watch because you can't do a lot of things you want to do in your 20s and 30s or even 40s for that matter, depending on how much debt you have. And if you want to go to grad school, yeah, that's really difficult to do if you've already got a lot of debt from undergrad. So again, having that conversation with them, I think uh, my wife and I talk about this, that, you know, with COVID-19, it's given us an opportunity to sit down and talk with our kids about a lot of different topics. I mean, you know, uh, everything about what's important in, in our lives uh, to uh, how much we appreciated our lives before this uh, and, you know, how fortunate we were to do some of the things we've done. Uh, talk about what we want to do when we get out of this, right? There's a lot of good conversations you could be having with your kids. And again, this can be, you know, uh, younger kids. It could be kids in their 20s. I know a lot of 20-year-olds have come back to to stay with mom and dad uh, and work from their home uh, during this environment. And, but having that conversation about what it means to do the right things financially, because I will tell you, and we talk about this all the time, you know, when we have clients and all of our clients, I view them as successful individuals, right? These are individuals that have saved money. They're in a position to work with a firm like ours. Um, so they're successful, certainly from a financial perspective. Um, but they are individuals that live within their means, first and foremost, right? That's, you know, we always joke with my kids. They, they see somebody driving around in a fancy car or whatever. And, you know, you say, listen, just because they have that fancy car or house or whatever, you know, they, you can do a lot of this stuff with debt. <laughs> it's amazing how much debt you can take on. And that, you know, we have a lot of clients that have modest incomes, but they do a fantastic job at saving money. And they're also great clients because they listen to us. They're willing to delegate their investment responsibility to us. And, you know, I'm telling you, it's paid off for them. Many of them are millionaires, even multimillionaires. And uh, they live very responsibly. And uh, so having those conversations, I just encourage you. And, and Gene, that's great with your, uh, your nephew. You should be really proud. And and again, talk about with an internship, you know, how important it is that young people know what it means to be successful in a position with a company. We're fortunate. We have a couple of young folks, uh, a number of young folks that work for us. Um, and uh, I'm telling you, they are just, I call them rock stars. They are just amazing individuals. Uh, they, they know what a good hard work ethic is. Uh, they're good team members. They're willing to do anything that... We, we ask them to do. And, you know, they've got a big uh, future with a firm like ours. And, you know, that's, I think it's important to have that conversation with young people is what does it mean, for, regardless of what career, right? It doesn't have to be a finance career, but whatever career they go into, that they do the right things and they know what it means to be 
a good employee and you know how to take care of your employer and your boss and if you're at a good company that that employer that boss that firm that company is going to take care of you i mean it, it is it karma does have a way of of uh, being real and if you do the right things and here's the other thing is if they don't you know you're, you're a free agent you're going to go out and find another opportunity and if you've been doing the right things you're going to get people who will give you great references so just something to, to think about especially when we have some more times to have these conversations with uh, our family members well, folks, we're going to go to commercial break, uh, but again, I encourage you to call in with any of your questions. You can reach me at 1-800-TALK-WGY. That's 800-825-5949. You're listening to Let's Talk Money on News Radio WGY, 103.1 FM and 810 AM. Welcome back, folks. My name is Martin Shields. I'm your host today for Let's Talk Money. I'm sitting in for my colleague, Stephen Boucher, who's taking a well-deserved break. And he's taking a break, but actually, I think he's still listening to the show. Uh, I got some uh, correction here. It's been 25 years, not 22 years he's been doing the show. So 25 years he's been doing the show, which is 25 years is a long time to do anything. But uh, to do the radio show for 25 years... Uh, that's a long time, so I always appreciate giving him a break. And as I discussed in the top of the hour, too, we now do this show at noon, but we also do it at 8 a.m. on Sundays uh, on WGY. So uh, if you can't make it to listen to the noon show, then you can listen to us at 8 a.m. on Sunday. Get your Sunday morning starting off right. All right, That's a great way to get your Sunday going. You listen to the show, gets a good mindset from a financial perspective on what to do right in life, and then you get your day going. So, but it's great to be here with you to answer any questions you may have regarding your financial planning or investment management concerns. And I encourage you to call in with any questions you may have. You can reach me at 1 800 TALK WGY. That's 800 825 5949. That's 800 825 5949. So again, great to be here with you. Uh, we're talking about the markets and how they really have taken off, uh, both since the more the lows in March to to certainly this week. Uh, you know, we're basically the market's pricing in a, a V correction uh, in the economy. And that means that you know, really things um, coming back pretty strongly from here. So. You know, I, I, I said, don't try to, to time these markets thinking that, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely going to be bad news and, and a, um, a correction because, uh, you know, these markets could keep going. But on the flip side of that is, uh, you know, there, there is certainly the likelihood for volatility just uh, that can happen after you get at least a number of weeks where the volatility has been, been light. And, you know, uh, certainly as the market prices in a lot of good news, uh, you know, the possibility of bad news can uh, cause volatility to spike a little bit. So we'll have to see. I think, you know, really it comes down to largely do we have a second spike in the COVID-19? And that, that, that really comes down to it. And, you know, we say I'm an economist. I'm a financial analyst. I am not uh, – I am definitely not a uh, epidemiologist, so I don't know what's going to happen with that. But we'll have to talk about that. So we're going to go to the phone lines. We have uh, Mark uh, Latham. Mark, how you doing? Good, and yourself? Good. You got a question I, for uh, me? Listen to Stephen Boucher every Saturday at twelve to one, and then Sunday morning 
uh, now eight to nine. And I appreciate his and your firm's expertise. I had a couple of questions. I'm, I'm going to be 74 years old the end of June. My wife died years ago. My two sons are growing up, and they one lives in Southern California, the other lives in a suburb of Buffalo, New York. I've got five granddaughters. I'm trying to build up my estate. So I have this deferred comp plan from New York State, uh, 457B, and it took a hit in March and April, but it's coming back very slowly. I also have a Fidelity S&P Spider Exchange Traded Fund, which is Mm -hmm. regrouped spectacularly after it went down in March and April. My question is, Steve talks, Stephen always talks about the triple Q in the NASDAQ. Is this a, a good time to get into that? Well, uh, let's see here. A couple of things. One, thank you for listening to the show, especially the double dose. That's that's great. We we appreciate that, right. and then we're glad to hear that you uh, it adds value. Well, I, I, I love to. I love to. I majored in accounting and finance at Siena, but and that's kind of. And my father was into it, even though he was a professional engineer, but he was into it, and so he he multiplied. Of course, when he was he was alive, he had. Uh, General Electric and IBM. And then he got yep. into this c- cassette tape when it first hit. He had uh, Memorex cassette tape <laughs> when it yep. first hit, before it first hit, when it, nobody hardly knew about it. So he, he made a lot of money for my mother and him and us. Yeah, you know what I mean? Great, great. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's fantastic. Now, I, I mean, so that let me was ask kind you, of his it, hobby, and I kind of took over the same thing, and I read the Wall Street Journal every day for years. Yep, that's a, well, but my question a good way to is, huh? Go ahead. I, I cut you off. Go ahead. My question is, should I get into that triple K or triple Q uh, exchange-traded fund on the NASDAQ? Is this a good time yep. to get into that? Well, yeah. I mean, so let's uh, talk about that. So, uh QQQ is a, what's called a market cap weighted, just like the S&P 500. Right. So that means the bigger the companies. Right. Uh, and, and so the companies like Amazon, like Apple, they've done very well, right? right? And they make, up, uh, they make up almost 30. There's the top five holdings make up 30 to 40% of that uh, index. It's one of the largest holdings in our clients' portfolios and has been. And uh, I, I would say stay, Steve is safe saying this, that um, it, it probably will continue to be. And, you know, what you have to be aware of is that, you know, as those companies grow, they will impact, like to have uh, both up and down the performance of that uh, mm-hmm. index. But, you know, you look at those companies, there's a good argument to say that they're going to continue to All grow. Right. So I, I, I'm fine with you. Get getting to that when they're down a little. Well, well, first of all, they're almost at all-time highs, but that doesn't really mean anything because oh. they can keep oh. hitting all-time highs. So, so right. I would right. not worry about is this a good time or not. It's more so what does that mean to have exposure to QQQ in your portfolio, and what it means is you're mm-hmm. going to have exposure to these big mega-cap companies that, relatively speaking, at this point are in a good position to continue capitalizing on our movement towards technology and to 
a global economy. Really, they, you know, they, they are. So, yeah, I'm fine mm. with you getting exposure to that. There's another one that well, we like. Well, I'll uh, tell you. I'll tell ahead. you, with my deferred comp, that 457B, it's 100% yep. mid-cap. So they took a hit. Yeah, that's right. Small you know and mid, I mean? and even international yeah, I, I, has, mid has cap. Uh, uh, you yeah. know, the Russell 2000. Yep. I should have gotten into the large cap, but I didn't. Yep. So yep. I'm going to wait till I'm, you know, they go up over the, the top from what I had, because I'm retired now at 74 from the state of New York. Yep. So I'm going to wait until it goes over the balance I had January 1st, 2020, because it dropped, believe it or not, it dropped uh, quite substantially, uh, you know, recent, you know, in March and April with this yep. COVID thing. Yeah, well, mid and small cap uh, indices and asset classes definitely dropped more, and they have not recovered as much yeah, as large caps. Yeah, I'm not, so not going to get into the mid caps anymore or the small caps because I was in it for years but never switched. You know what I mean? I got I got yep, burned yep. in two thousand and eight when the stock market dropped. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. No, I know, I know. I would just leave you with the you know, the importance of two thousand and nine uh, when the stock market dropped. But listen, let me ask you a question. Yep. What's your telephone in Troy? Uh five one eight seven two zero three 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 three. Three 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 three. Seven two zero. Oh, three threes? Th or four threes? No. 518-720-3333. Oh, thank There's you. Four threes at the I end. I appreciate yep. it. I'll, I'll let you go. Okay, Mark. Uh, it was good talking with you. Take care it's now. It's kind of a hobby, this, this whole financial thing. Take care. Yeah. Okay. Take care. That's a great question for Mark. So, yeah, our firm is, as I mentioned on the top of the hour, our firm is a big believer in technology. We've got uh, exposure through another ETF called RYT, which is an equal weight uh, ETF. And uh, we love the Qs. Uh, and, uh, you know, those companies really are in a position to continue to take advantage of uh, our economy's move to technology which I think is definitely going to continue to happen. This, I mean, this shows you, this COVID-19 shows you uh, the importance of technology in the economy now and as we move forward. And I think by far uh, those companies in the queues, both the technology and the biotechnology companies in that index are going to provide a, a lot of growth and, and uh, um, value for investors. But I think, I think Mark also points out a good point <laughs> item, which is the importance of diversification. Small and mid-cap are fantastic asset classes. You look at historically speaking, they are one of the top performing asset classes uh, that you can have. But they definitely take a hit uh, when there's a financial or economic downturn. But it doesn't mean that you don't want them. It just means that you don't want to have all your eggs in that basket. So, you know, we talk about the importance of, uh, of diversification across a lot of different asset classes. And, you know, that's Mark sh showing exactly why. He's got uh, the one portfolio that's large cap that's done well, but it, his mid cap is not. And I think if he had, was more broadly diversified, uh, he'd have more of a slow and steady uh, growth and just kind of path along the way. 
and and that's what's important. So the one last thing I just want to discuss before we sign off for the day is just also being aware of, hey, if, if COVID-19 comes back, uh, you know, you could see uh, some of that volatility spike. And so that's just something to be aware of. Uh, the big element with this is, boy, if, this, if you don't learn this, you know, again, we try to educate our clients on this all the time through a lot of different methods and ways and whatever. But having an investment plan and sticking to it, regardless of good times and bad, doesn't mean that you can't be a little tactical here and there. That's what our firm does. But really, you got to be... Um, you got to stick to that plan and you cannot deviate and think that you're smarter than the market and that you're going to try the time the market because here's a good thing. It's probably not going to work. It's not going to work out well. And that's what you got to be aware of as a long-term investor, just being aware of that. Well, folks, the hour has gone by. I tell you, these hours go quickly. Hopefully, uh, you appreciated the conversation. Uh, please come back. Well, tomorrow, if you want, I'll be on again at 8 a.m. and we'll have a little bit of a different conversation, but we'll continue our taking questions. But as always, it's great having you, and you have a great weekend. At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you.